All right. Thank you so much. Wonderful singing. 20 days till Christmas. What a wonderful time. So glad that you've decided to join us. I did want to give you an update. Last week, we prayed for a, a gentleman by the name of Josh McKillop. And I want you to know that he texted me this week, and he is home from the hospital, and he's in rehab, and he wanted me to thank the church for praying. Uh, he said, God was working in my life. He knows it. And uh, just so thankful for a church that prays. And so thank you so much for doing that. Continue to pray. He's got a long road of recovery ahead of him. And uh, continue to pray for Josh, if you would. All right? Would you take your Bibles with me? Turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. It's Christmas season. Some of you, this is the most wonderful time of the year. For others of you, it's not. <laughs> Christmas is often quoted as being the most magical time of the year. There's lights, and if you haven't been to the park yet, I have not. Um, I can't imagine waiting an hour in line to see lights, but nonetheless, there are lights that sparkle, icicles that glisten, snowflakes that slowly fall, from fall from the night sky with the moon glowing through them. Can you just picture it? <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. In fact, it has to be the most wonderful time of the year because Andy Williams wrote a song that says it's the most wonderful time of the year. My favorite part of that song, maybe you could guess, it's must, much mistletoeing. It's my favorite part of that song. <laughs> there are songs that we sing this time of year like Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. There are songs that we sing Walking in a Winter Wonderland. And my personal favorite is this, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. Are you getting a theme? Snow, okay? It's snow. Snow is the theme. Christmas is awesome. I can't wait for more snow. And these are all iconic songs. These are all things that we think about this time of year. This is all kinds of pointing toward a magical tone for the Christmas season. These set this tone. And we all have Christmases that we experience and the experiences and traditions that we have. And that's really why Christmas is magical. It's because of the rich traditions that we all have surrounded of family and friends and going to see the lights and all kinds of different things that we do together that are just rich traditions. We enjoy eggnog. How many of you enjoy eggnog? All right, half. How many of you enjoy Christmas goodies? Hello, now we're talking. My mom used to make what we call peanut butter goodies. It's basically a glorified Reese's peanut butter cup. And she makes pans of it. And we just eat it and eat it and eat it until we're sick. That's one of my wife's favorite things. Man, listen, those moments are just magical. My mom will make uh, Christmas cookies. Man, I just I love that part. Spending time with family and friends and just really enjoying it. The best Christmases, though, think about this with me just for a second. The best Christmases are when you are present and active in the moment. When you're just there, you're taking it all in, you're just enjoying the smells, the atmosphere, maybe it's turkey or ham cooking in the, in the oven, it's just wonderful times. Christmas is awesome. 
wonderful time. You're enjoying the people around you. You're just taking it all in with all of your senses. Sure, the kids are running around. Sure, the kids are crazy. Sure, it's noisy. Sure, it's congested. Sure, it's all of those things. But man, we love those times. Those are wonderful times when you are present and active because you're not wishing you were somewhere else. You're not thinking, oh man, I can't wait to get out of this place. You're just present. You're there. You're enjoying it. I have had several instances in my life where I did not enjoy myself. I did not enjoy what I was doing because I was wishing I was somewhere different with different people. Don't look at me like that. You've all done it. You've all wished you were somewhere else. But listen, when you are just present there doing what it is that you came to do, man, Christmas is so wonderful, so magical, if you will. I want to think about this time in our lives right now. 2021 moving into 2022. I think a lot of times we miss out what's going on in the kingdom of God because we're too busy trying to be somewhere else with someone else or doing something else. We miss what is going on around us in the kingdom of God because we're trying to do something else or we wish we were with someone else or somewhere else. Let me illustrate this morning with just two people from the Christmas story. You've turned to, hopefully, turn to Matthew chapter 1. Look at verse 18 with me. The Bible says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, if we're honest, we've read this story probably a thousand times. We've read this story and read this story, and honestly, we just kind of read it emotionless, without emotion. We just kind of walk through it, read through the motions, and it, it, it can be very easily void of emotion. But I want you to think about this. I want you to look at verse 18 and 19 just one more time. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. They were, in our terminology today, they were engaged. They were betrothed to one another. They were with one another. They were espoused to one another. Listen, this is a big deal. This is not just some random facts. This is a big deal. There's a lot of expectations that go along with this. And then you come down a little bit farther. Before they came together, notice she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. 
she was found with child. Verse 19, you, you find out the emotion that Joseph has. Watch. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Man, I don't know what happened. My hopes, my dreams, my, my fiancé is pregnant. What am I, I going to do? I mean, I mean, she's a good girl, and you know, honestly, I don't really want to make a public example of her. I know I could, but I don't really want to do that, and so how do I put her away privately? How do I put her aside privately without making this much of a big deal? Sometimes we look at this story and think Joseph knew that he was the chosen earthly caretaker of Jesus, but he didn't. At this point, he had no idea. This is not the way, listen, this is not the way Joseph had anticipated his life happening. This is not his first plan. He was working hard as a carpenter to provide for his new family. Jewish tradition says that he would be getting his home ready. Preparing, building this house, getting everything ready for his bride, Mary, and they were soon to be married. It was going to be an exciting time. No doubt as a young man, he was excited. He was in great preparation. He was anticipating bringing up a family that he could call his own. You, you all know most of the time you have most of it worked out in your head already. How it's all going to play out. And it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be awesome. And in a moment, all of those dreams were shattered. Oh, gentlemen, again, just try to put yourself in this situation just a little bit. I know it's difficult. The person that you are about to marry, you know you have not known her. And she's with child. What are the emotions? Man, this is a difficult, difficult time. Everything was upended for Joseph. Joseph had no idea what to do. He was going to put her away and just figure some things out. Man, the world was crushed. He didn't know what to do. This was going to be a difficult time. Obviously, we see that he's told of an angel, hey, it's okay. But I want you just to think a little bit further down the road, okay? Not only did he have to put up with this uh, intrusive news, he was forced after this to travel to Bethlehem to pay taxes. Now, nobody likes to pay taxes. And I'm pretty sure in Bible times it was no different. Nobody likes to pay taxes, and not only that, they had to travel. They had to go to Bethlehem. Now, think about this. Joseph was a far greater gentleman than any one of us. But think about this. He was patient with Mary. As the Bible says, she was great with child. Now, I don't know about you guys, and I'm just going to be honest. I'm not a very patient man when I'm traveling. When I'm traveling, I just want to get there, get it done, get it over with. We don't stop for the bathroom. We keep driving. You hold it till you're going to explode. We only stop when we need to refuel, and at that point, it's like we got 10 kilometers left in the tank. We just don't, I hate it, I can't stand it, I just want to get there. And listen, I know Joseph was far greater of a gentleman than I could ever be. 
But listen, he's got to put up with Mary, who's great with child, not his child. Listen, again, I know he's a spiritual man. I know he's a just man, but think about these things. Child that wasn't even his, pampering Mary, helping her along the way, maybe walking miles upon miles upon miles. A child that he would not call his own. And so the question might even come up, can we really believe that this is the Son of God? Can we really believe that Mary is carrying Jesus, the Savior of the world? Then after this child is born, a year or two later, the king puts out a decree saying that all of the two-year-olds and under, under that were male babies should be killed. And now Joseph has to flee from Bethlehem and they have to go to Egypt. They have to go to a completely different country. They have to be uprooted again because of this child that is not his. What a pain. What an absolute and utter pain. This is not what he wanted. He was running away from everything that he knew. His life was literally turned upside down for a child that wasn't his. And you say, Pastor Yeomans, you got to be kidding me. But listen, honestly, this was not what he had planned. This was not what he had dreamed of. And honestly, Joseph could have sat there all day long and been depressed and been all, woe is me, life stinks, I didn't call for this, I didn't sign up for this. He could have had all of these different thoughts. But I want you to understand this morning, Joseph had a different perspective. We'll get there in just a second. Our second person is Mary. Go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is the story of Mary. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. The Bible says this, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. What in the world? Why is he here? Why is he saying this to me? And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary asks a logical question. Then said Mary unto an angel, how, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. 
Again, we've read this story a hundred times, thousands of times if not. You just go, oh, this is cool, all right, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Think about the emotions. Think about the hopes and dreams that Mary would have had. She was espoused to Joseph. No doubt there was an excitement about starting a family with Joseph. Enjoying being the wife of a carpenter. Thinking about all the things that she would do. I'm sure she had a picture in her mind of how her wedding would look. Sure, she had a picture in her mind of how her life would play out. Most women do. Again, all these things were set aside. Pushed aside. Mary, think about this, literally gave of her body. Literally gave her body. Most of us don't like traveling in the car for any extended period of time. But Mary would have rode on some kind of an animal for days on end. Great with child. How uncomfortable. How terrible. All the while, no doubt, seriously, think about this. Thinking, is this really the Son of God inside of me? Did I really, is this for real? She would have, no doubt, endured public humiliation. There would be people who would, no doubt, misunderstand how she became pregnant. There would be the town gossip who would spread lies about her. There would be Mrs. Holier Than Thou at church talking about her to the other church ladies. The men would gather for coffee and just shake their head at how this little lady was ruining the life of one of the best guys in town. How could she do this to him? She would have faced public humiliation. All of this difficulty, all of this struggle, all of this pain, for what? You see, most of us sit here and hear things like this and say there is no way in the world that we would put ourselves through any of that. There's no way in the world we would put ourselves through public humiliation. There's no way in the world we would allow our lives to be upended and move to a different country and do something different for this. There would be very few of us that would get in line for this kind of treatment. But hold on. Every bit of this, every bit of this was all to care for Jesus, the Son of God. The earthly guardians of the Son of God, they got to be the first. Listen, it's all worth it because it was Jesus, the Son of God. And if you sit here and you have any remotely a small part of a brain, that was an insult, okay? If you have just a little bit of a brain, you're like, yeah, any of us would do that. If we had the opportunity at becoming the parents or the earthly guardians of the Son of God, all of us would sign up for that. Man, what a wonderful privilege. None of us are, are that cold-hearted. None of us are that reserved. We would care for the Son of God. But if I can be honest with you this morning, I think this is where most of us miss the point. I want you to realize that there were only two people ever that were going to be the earthly guardians of Jesus Christ. Only two people, Mary and Joseph. There will never again, according to the Word of God, there will never again be earthly guardians of Jesus Christ. 
So if you're thinking to yourself right now, man, I would give up everything to be the earthly guardian of Jesus Christ. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And so most of us throw our hands up in the air and say, well, fine then, there's nothing for me to do. Hold on just a second. We sit here in 21st century Christianity thinking that if we just had that kind of opportunity, then we would invest in the kingdom of God. Then. But here's the problem. Instead of taking what we have currently and investing it, guess what we do? We sit here depressed. And what happens is we end up missing opportunities to invest in the kingdom of God. We miss opportunities of what God is doing in our lives because we are too busy trying to be somewhere else or in a different time period or in a different country or with different people. I want to just give you three statements. Some of them are longer than the other. But three statements about Mary and Joseph that can apply to our lives today. Number one is this. Mary and Joseph invested in the kingdom of God, God far before they were ever called. I want you to think about that. Mary and Joseph invested in the kingdom of God far before they were ever called. Most of us think, man, if God called me to be the, the, the parents of Jesus Christ, man, I'd jump up, I'd get my life together, I would be so good. Uh-uh. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Go back to Luke, you're in Luke chapter 1, look at verse 28. The Bible says, an angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Jump down to verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. How do you find favor with God? They were already invested. They had already taken what they had and invested it into the kingdom of God. They were already doing what God had wanted them to do. So God gives them more. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1. Maybe you just keep your finger there. Luke chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, look at verse 19. Watch this. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. He was just already. He was a just man. Not willing to make her a public example. was minded to put her away privily. Verse 24. Watch, I love this. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took him unto him his wife. He just did it. He got up, did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. We go, wow, what a spiritual giant. Listen, you don't get this way overnight. Mary and Joseph were invested in the kingdom of God far before they were ever called to be the earthly guardians of Jesus Christ. They were just and high, upright people. They were highly favored. They had found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Listen, they were already invested. Number two, Mary and Joseph lived a life of expectancy. Hold on. Not that God would do something for them, but that God would do something with them. 
Mary and Joseph lived a life of expectancy. Can I ask you this morning? Do you live a life of expectancy? Man, I can't wait for the next thing. Here I am, I'm ready. That's how we used to play baseball, right? Crouching, ready to go, because as soon as that ball's hit, you gotta be moving. Listen, a life of expectancy. But listen, please understand, most of us in 21st century Christianity, we live a life of expectancy like this. Give me, give me. Give me what I can have. I want more. Please give me. This is how we approach Christmas. I make my list and I check it twice and make sure I got what I want on my list. Give me. Give me. Many of us, I believe, are just living life just moral enough. Just moral enough that we just might receive a few blessings from God. But very few of us live a life of expectancy for God to do something with us. Oh, God, I don't deserve anything more than you've already given me. Here's my life. Take and use it. This is why Mary and Joseph responded the way they did. Okay, I'm not sure how this is going to work. How do I I become pregnant when when I don't know a man? Well, listen, we've got that all figured out. Okay. Be it unto me according to thy word. Joseph just rises from his dream and does what he needs to do. Listen. They were expecting, okay, this is my opportunity. This is what God has called me to do. Here I am. God, do something with me. I believe that very few of us live our lives in expectancy for God to do something with us. At any moment. If God were to call you today, would you be ready? I didn't ask you if you'd be willing. Would you be ready? No, most of us wouldn't be. If Jesus came back today, would you be ready? Oh yeah, I know I'm going to heaven. That's not what I'm asking. Are you ready for Jesus to see you doing what you're doing, being half-heartedly invested into the kingdom of God and say, well, I just want you to bless me some more. Are we ready? Many of us are not invested in the kingdom of God simply because we don't think it's worth it. Which brings me to my third statement. And I think if you're going to get nothing else, get this, please. Number three, God cannot give you a return on your investment until you invest. Is that, is that logical to everybody? A return on investment is because you put an investment in and you get something out of it. Most of us want God to use us. Most of us want God to do something great in our lives. Most of us want to be the parents of Jesus Christ. Wow, what a wonderful opportunity. But listen, we don't get that kind of return unless we invest. Invest first. If you will invest your life, God will, listen, God will do something amazing with it. And the Bible is full of examples of this. Full. I mean, we could talk about Adam and how he messed up. We could talk about Eve and how she gave up 
But listen, we could also talk about Noah and Abraham and David and Solomon. And the list could go. Paul, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Peter. They were invested. And look what they got out of it. We call them the spiritual heroes. We call them spiritual giants. But can I encourage you? They were just people like you and me. They lived in a different time period. So don't be depressed sitting here in 2021 saying, man, I wish I lived in first century. And you're here now. Invest now. Invest what you have now. The Bible's full of examples, but let me give you this one verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Let me encourage you. You cannot imagine. You cannot imagine what God will do with your life. You can't. And listen, I can stand up here today and say, oh, I would have never imagined I was going to be a pastor. The reality is, that's not true. When I was 12 years old, I'm like, man, I'm going to become some sort of preacher. Here's the reality. God is doing something in 2021 that I could never imagine. If you were to tell me about 2021 and COVID and everything that goes along with it, man, I would be depressed. But when you look at it from what God is doing, you just go, oh, there is no way. There is no way that any of us could have ever predicted that. We can't think about it. And listen, I believe that's just such a small example. We think about becoming the parents of Jesus Christ like, wow, we can't imagine The Bible tells us that greater things than the things that Jesus did, we can do. Jesus healed blind people. Jesus uh, just raised people from the dead. Listen, we have such awesome opportunities, but so many of us are depressed, looking somewhere else, thinking about somewhere, something else, wanting to be with someone else. That we miss what's going on on December the 5th of 2021. Mary and Joseph listen to this, literally presented their bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. And hear me, they were ready to do whatever God asked them to do. Can I challenge you? This starts today. Today. Begin making the investment now. Begin making the investment now, every single day. Reading His Word. Reading His Word, studying His Word, and putting His Word, the things that we've learned, into practice. Being a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. 
And honestly, this is what happens. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you, be, you begin becoming a living sacrifice. He just changes you. He morphs you. And you become highly favored. And then God says, I'm ready for this vessel. I'm ready to take this vessel and use it to my honor. Here's the reality. You have no idea what that is. And so many of us are waiting for the call, but God will not call until he has prepared you. A living investment. We're entitling this series, we're going to take a couple looks at a couple more people throughout the Christmas story. I want you to understand Christmas is a magical time of the year. But it could be a much more wonderful time if this Christmas we started investing our lives. So very simply, it's just an invested Christmas. The first Christmas was an invested Christmas. They gave all. They gave it far more than I think we can even imagine. First Christmas was an invested Christmas. What about this one? What about this one? No, there'll never be another Mary and Joseph. But will there be a fill in your name? Will you invest? I want to encourage you. There's so many things going on. And listen. You want to be different places, you want to be doing different things, but don't miss out on what's going on right here, right now. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us. Father, sometimes we get heavy-hearted and can honestly get a little depressed around this time of year. Father, so often it's because we have the wrong perspective. Man, there's, I'm not trying to diminish anything that's going bad. Father, you know there are, there are people all over this auditorium and all over this city and all over this country that are hurting. It's a great deal of pain, but Father, help us to rise above that pain and see what you're trying to do in this world. Realize that it is worth it all. Because the kingdom of God is worth it. Would you please help us to sacrifice? Would you please help us to invest today in the kingdom of God? And Father, if there's one here that's listening to this that does not know you as personal Savior, they've never experienced Jesus Christ, then I pray that today would be that day of salvation. Today they would know without a shadow of a doubt that you died for them, that you paid the penalty for their sin, and that they can have an eternal home in heaven because of what you've done on the cross. Father, I pray your will would be accomplished in this time. We pray all these things in your name. I'm just going to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. It's a time for every person to make a decision. I'm going to challenge you to write something down again today. 
Maybe today you're just going to simply write down, I am going to invest my life daily into the kingdom of God. Maybe you need to write down, I am going to make daily deposits into the bank account of heaven. I'm going to do that by spending time with God every day. And I will live out what I learn. Again, I don't know what you need to make a decision about this morning, but I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to write it down. Let's give you some time to do that right now.